The last three prokem have discussed the four types of shvuos midayraisa, which are not an obligation for somebody to make. We discuss in detail the shvuos bitui, where somebody swears to do something or not to do something in the future, or he swears about a particular fact that something did happen in the past or that it didn't happen in the past. The second type of shvuos was a shvuos shav, a shvuos made in vain. We saw that there are four types of shvuos shav where the oath is clearly and obviously false, or it's totally obvious what you're swearing about, or if somebody swears to do something which is impossible to do, or if you swear to go against the particular mitzvah. Those are the four types of shvuas made in vain. The fourth parak discussed shvuas or edos, where somebody swears to someone that he is not a witness, when really in reality he is a witness. And Perak Hey, the previous Perak discussed Shvuas Hapikodain, where somebody falsely swears that he doesn't have somebody else's item within his possession. The next three Prokim of the Masechta discuss Shvuas, which are an obligation on somebody to make. And mid there are three types of Shvua which the base then can force somebody to make. The first of those three will be discussed in detail throughout this Perak, that is Meidabimiktsasataina. If Ruvain claims to Shimon that you owe me, let's say, a hundred Zuz. And Shimon says, I deny owing you a hundred Zuz, but I admit to owing twenty Zuz. He is Moidebimiktsasataina. He admits to owing part of the claim. In such a case, he is obligated to swear that he doesn't owe the rest of the claim. Since we can see that Ruvain's claim is not made up totally, so Shimon is obligated to swear about the rest of it. The second type of shavuah which the basin can obligate someone to make mid-eraisa is shavuah an oath which a guard would need to make. If Reuven gives an item of his to Shimon to look after, and then the item gets destroyed somehow, and let's say it's not his fault at all, so he needs to swear that it wasn't his fault. There are a number of different shavuahs which he would need to make in order to exempt him for paying it. That will be the focus of the final parak of the Masechta. Alright, and the third shvur which Basin can force somebody to make is in a case where, let's say, Ruvain claims that Shimon owes him 100 zuz, and Shimon denies the entire claim, but Ruvain has one witness who testifies that Shimon owes him 100 zuz. So in order to force Shimon to pay him, he would need two, two witnesses. But in a case where he has one witness, that is enough to force Shimon to make a shavuah midayraisa, that he is telling the truth, that he does not owe Ruvain the money. Now, the focus of this parak is the first of the three Shavuos in this category, namely, where Shimon admits the part of Ruvain's claim. So the Mishnah says, the oath which the judges of the basin can force somebody to make, and we're talking about a case of in such a case, when can they force the person to make a Shavuah? Only if the claim which was made was regarding an amount of at least two silver coins, a value of at least two silver coins, the Prutta, and the amount that Shimon admitted to owing was at least the Shava Prutta. Now there are two different ways to understand what the mission just said. This makes a big difference to how we understand much of the rest of the Perak. So we'll mention both of the ways that the Gemara gives now, but for the rest of the Perak, we will go with one of the explanations of the Gemara. According to one explanation of the Gemara, Hatayna, the claim needing to be at least the value of two silver coins, doesn't refer to Ruvain's claim, it refers to the amount that Shimon denies of Ruvain's claim. They would need to deny at least the amount of two silver coins, and admit to at least a Shavah Prutta. So the entire claim needs to be at least the value of two silver coins plus a Prutta. 
And then he would need to deny at least two silver coins and admit to at least a Shoah Prata. And that is how we are going to explain the rest of the Mishnayis. There is another explanation given in the Gemara that the entire claim which Rurin made against Shimon was for a value of at least two silver coins. And he admits to at least a Shoah Prata. Right, and now the Mishnah says a very important rule, If that which Shimon admits to owing Ruvain is not the same type of item as that which Ruvain claimed against him, Potter, who would be exempt from this Shavuas Medimimiktas, the oath which is generally required to make if he admits to part of the claim. Ketzad, how so? How do we see these different laws which were just stated on a practical level? If Ruvain claims against Shimon, I have an amount of two silver coins in your hand. So the way we're explaining the Mishnah, that entire claim of Ruvain is not a claim which is large enough to obligate a Shavua in this case. Because the entire claim needs to be at least two silver coins plus a pruta. Because the amount that Shimon would need to deny is two silver coins. In this case, that would be the entire claim. So Shimon replied to Reuven, You only have in my possession one pruta. Potter, he's exempt because he didn't deny enough, meaning the claim was not large enough to obligate a, a shavuas made with mixas. However, if he says, I have two, the value of two silver coins in a pruta in your possession. And Shimon replies, You only have the value of a pruta in my possession. He would be liable in such a case because that is really the minimum size of the claim and the amount that he denied and admitted to, to be obligated in Shavuas Medimimiktas. What happens if Reuven says to Shimon, you have a mone of mine in your possession, a mone is a hundred zuz, that's the claim he makes against Shimon, and Shimon claims to him, you don't have anything in my possession. He denied the entire claim. In this case, Potter is exempt from making a Shavuah. It should be noted, by the way, that in the times of the Gemara, the Rabbonon instituted that even in a case where somebody ad- uh, denies the entire claim, he needs to make an oath about the claim, and that is known as a, sh- a Shavuah's Hesus, the Shavuah which somebody needs to make when he denies the entire claim being made against him. But in the times of the Mishnah, one was totally exempt in such a case. And that is indeed the law mid a If Ruin says to Shimon Monli Biodcha, you have a monev mine in your possession, the value of a hundred zuz, Shimon replies that I only have fifty zuz in my possession, Chayev, he would be liable because he admitted to part of the claim. However, if Ruvain said to Shimon Monele Abba Biodcha, my father gave you a hundred zuz, and it is in your possession, and meanwhile my the, the person's father had died and he inherited his father, so he's entitled to whatever his father had. And it's important to note that we're talking about a case where Reuven is making a Tainas Shema, a possible claim. He's not saying that you definitely have a hundred Zuz which my father gave to you. He is saying that I think my father gave you a hundred Zuz, so you possibly have a hundred Zuz in your possession, which is now entitled to me. And now Shimon replies to him, He only gave me 50 Zuz, and that's all I have in my possession. In this case, Potter, he is exempt from swearing about the rest of it. Because technically, he could have denied the entire claim. The other person didn't even know for sure if he owed the money. He said, perhaps you might have received something from my father. So the fact that he's admitting to any of it is already technically more than he could have got away with. And because of that, we don't obligate him to swear about the rest of it. And the Mishnah compares this with because he is like somebody returning a lost item. The law is that if somebody finds a lost item, he's obligated to do a Shavuah He's obligated to return it to its rightful owner. Now, if the owner claims that he lost an item which was more than this, 
or let's say he had a certain amount of money and he claims that not all of it was returned to him and he claims that the person who found it might have taken part of it. The law is, at least on a Mijabonan level, the person who found it is not obligated to make any oath about the rest of the money because he himself is doing a mitzvah. We don't want to put himself, put people off doing the mitzvah of returning lost items out of fear that they'll be forced to make oaths and therefore he's not obligated, obligated to make an oath. Because he himself is doing a mitzvah and you should thank him at least for giving that which he is giving, returning that which he is returning. So in a similar vein, in the case of Amishnah, since he could have technically denied the entire claim and he admitted to part of it, so he would not be obligated to swear about the rest. Mishnah base. Monili Biodcha, if Ruvin claims to Shimon that I have a hundred zuz in your possession. Omar ibn And Shimon replied to Ruvain in front of witnesses, Hey, that's correct. So we now have witnesses who know that Shimon definitely owes a hundred zuz to Ruvain. But he didn't yet pay him Lemocha the next day. On my lie, Ruvain says to Shimon, Teneuli, give me the hundred zuz which you owe me. And Shimon claims to him, Nesatavloch, I gave it to you already. Potter, he's exempt because effectively he is denying the entire claim. And even though we know we have witnesses who know that he owes him a hundred zuz, that was yesterday. It could be that between yesterday and today, he gave him the money. The witnesses won't help. He is still denying the entire claim, and that's not necessarily going against what the witnesses know. However, if he claims Einloch Bayodi, you don't have anything in my possession, so now we already have witnesses who can testify against that. So Chayv, who would be liable to make a oath, since he is going directly against what the witnesses know. Now what happens if Ruin says to Shimon, Monali Biodcha, you have a hundred zuz of mine in your possession. On my lie, Shimon replies to Ruvain Hain, Yes, that's correct. And Ruvain then says to Shimon, Don't give me the money unless it's in front of witnesses. And this itself he's saying in front of witnesses. So in front of witnesses, Shimon admitted to owing Ruvain money, and Ruvain told him to pay him the debt only in front of witnesses. The next day, on my lawyer, Ruvain says to Shimon, Give me the money. And Shimon claims in the Satevlach, I already gave you the money. Shimon would need to bring witnesses to prove that he gave the money. And if he can't, then Chayev, he would be liable to pay the money because we trust that he does not give him the money since he was obligated to give it in front of witnesses. He needs to give them, ruin the money in front of witnesses. So if he didn't do that, then he has no proof that he gave back the money. And we assume that he didn't give back the money because he was supposed to do so in front of witnesses. Mishnah Gimel returned to the rule that to be obligated in the Shavua in a case of where somebody admits to part of the claim, he has to have admitted to owing the same type of item. So if Ruin claims against Shimon, literal Zohov Yeshdibiadcha, I have a litra, a certain weight of gold, which belongs to me, and it's in your possession. And Shimon replies, You only have in my possession a litra of silver. So it's true that in terms of the value, perhaps he isn't admitting to part of the claim, but the claim wasn't made regarding value, it was made regarding a certain weight of gold. And he's admitting to owing a certain weight of silver. That is not Mimin Hataino, it's not the same type of item as was claimed against him, and therefore Potter, who would be exempt. As mentioned previously, from the times of the Gemara onwards, Midyabonon, he would be obligated to make a Shuas Heses. However, this parak is discussing the law Midyayisa, that he would be exempt from a Shavuas Midyabamiktas. If Ruven claims against Shimon, Dinar Zohav Yeshli Biodcha, I have a golden dinar in your possession. Now over here, what he is saying, since he didn't mention a particular weight, but rather a particular coin, 
at least according to the explanation which we are going with through this Perak, we assume that he his main claim is regarding the value. The value of a golden dinar, which is 25 silver dinar. That's the equivalent value of one golden dinar. And Shimon says back to Ruvain, Enoch Biodi, you only have in my possession El Dinar Kesef, the value of a silver dinar. So that would be admitting to one twenty-fifth of the claim. Utrisis. Utrisis is a coin which was worth an eighth of a silver dinar. Upundion, a pundion was a coin which was equivalent to a twelfth of a silver dinar. Upruto, Upruto is a copper coin which was worth much less. And the Mishnah's point mainly is that even though they are different types of coins, one is gold, one is silver, one is copper, nevertheless, according to the explanation we're giving in the Gemara, when somebody makes a claim for an amount of money, we look at the value. Not at the type of coin, but at the value. Except for in the first case of the Mishnah, where he mentioned a particular weight. Unless he mentions a weight of gold, if he only mentions a type of coin, then we assume that he is focusing on the value of the coin. So in all of these cases, Chayev, Shimon would be liable, Shehakol Minwat Be'a Echod, because it's all considered part of the same type of coin, since the main thing which we're interested in is the value of the coin. Alright, next example, Ruben says to Shimon, I have a car, it's a certain volume of grain, in your possession. Shimon replies that you only have a lesech, which is half a car, half a volume of a car you have in my possession of kitness, of beans. Potter is exempt, because beans is a totally different type of item than grain. However, if Ruven claimed that Kur I have a Kur of produce of mine in your possession. Produce is very inclusive. So if Shimon replies that I only have half a Kur of beans of which belong to you in my possession, beans is a type of produce, and therefore Chayev will be liable because he admitted to part of Ruven's claim. Because beans are a type of produce. To honor Chitin, if Ruven claimed that Shimon owes him wheat, the Hodlobasairim and Shimon replies that he only owes him a certain amount of barley, Potter, he's exempt. Certainly he's exempt. This does not fit at all with the rule of him needing to admit to part of the same item. The reason why the Mishnah gives such an obvious case is to contrast it with Rabbi Gamaliel. Rabbi Gamaliel, Gamaliel says that Shimon is obligated to make a Shavua. Because according to Rabbi Gamaliel, there is no such rule that that which he admits to needs to be the same type of item. If he admits to anything, it's considered still to be admitting to part of Ruven's claim, even if it is a totally different item. Continues Mishnah. If somebody claims, Ruven claims that Shimon owes him jugs of oil, the and Shimon admits that he owes him jugs, that he received from him empty jugs, Admin Omer Admin says, Since he admitted to part of the claim, the claim, the claim was for jugs and oil, and he admitted to the jugs, so Yeshavai needs to swear. He didn't admit to part of the claim, to the same type of thing which was claimed against him, because according to the Chachomim, the claim against him is for the oil. It just happens to be the oil is found in jugs. But when somebody claims that somebody else has jugs of oil, his claim is for the oil, not for the jugs. And therefore, if he, o- if he admits to owing the jugs, that's not considered to be admitting to part of that which was claimed against him. I see and understand and agree with the words of Admain. 
Right, now the law is that one, was, one is never obligated to make a shavua, an oath, regarding a piece of land. Only movable items. Now what happens if Ta'onai Kenim Kakais, Ruvain claimed that Shimon owes him, he has in his possession, movable items and land. And Shimon admits to owing him all of the movable items which he's claiming, but he denies owing the land. Now, in this case, we totally ignore the claim against land. So concerning all that we care about, he's effectively denying the entire claim. If he admitted to owing the land, but he denies owing any of the movable items, so effectively he's denying the entire claim. But in either case, Potter, he would be exempt from making a shavua regarding that which he denies owing him. And on a similar note, if he admits to owing part of the land which was claimed against him, Potter would be exempt. Because the claim against his land is viewed as being irrelevant. However, if he admits to owing part of the movable items, so then it's a regular case of and Chayev, who would be liable. But in this case, interestingly, he would not only be liable to swear that he doesn't owe the rest of the movable items, but he would now even need to swear regarding the pieces of land. And the Mishnah explains, This is a way to refer to movable items. Property which is movable items, which one has become obligated to swear regarding them, drag with them property which is land, which is not movable, to be obligated to swear about them. This is a concept known as Gilgal Shavua, where if somebody becomes obligated to make a Shavua regarding one thing, he can be forced to make a Shavua regarding other things which he would otherwise not have been obligated to swear about. One does not become obligated to make a shavua based on the claim of a deaf and dumb person or a fool, somebody who doesn't have a sufficient level of understanding of what's going on, the cotton or somebody who is under the age of Barabbas Mitzvah. If, for example, they gave somebody an item of theirs to look after and they later on come and claim that he has their item in their possession, even if the person admits the part of their claim, he will not be obligated to swear about the rest of it. And this is learned from Psukim. Once again, this is regarding the Shavuah of Medemimiktas. The Shavuah of Shuas Hesus, which was introduced by the Gemara later on, would apply in this case. Midrabonon. Alright, and one cannot force a child to make a Shavuah. However, the Mishnah says, there is a case where somebody would need to make a Shavuah to a child, and that is, if the child inherited his father and the father owed money to this other person. When this other person comes to claim the money from the child, he can only do so if he swears that he has owed the money. And on a similar note, if he's coming to collect money which was designated Villa Hectus to the Beis Hamikdash, if, for example, Shimon owed Ruvin money, and he designated all of his property to the Beis Hamikdash, Ruvin has the right to that money. So he can take it from the Beis HaMikdosh. It's true that in order to do so, he would need to pay a certain amount of money to the Beis HaMikdosh to redeem it, but he wouldn't pay the value of the actual item. So he would be able to collect the item, but he can only do so if he swears that he is truly owed that money.